Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLU, CIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Mr. Bill Doerr, welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Thanks for coming on, Bill. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, Tom. Thanks, and uh, really glad to be here with you today. Well, thank you again for your time, and uh, you and I know each other very well, and I know all the good things you've done, um, but I want to... And a few of the bad, I'm sure, too, but we won't talk about those, right? Yeah. (laughs) We won't talk about that. But I'm going to introduce you to the audience so they know a little bit more about you. And uh, one of the things that Bill does, uh, he helps people like me build a clientele to implement and to maintain systems that really help us get more clients and earn more money, really by design and not by accident. As Bill always says, you could have the best product or service in the world, but if you don't have people in the waiting room, you got nowhere to go. He has a unique coaching program that helps clients do three things. Follow up with key people for your business. See more profitable people. And thirdly, see more people overall that you are, you, you are now doing. He's an ATD certified coach who builds his career in sales and marketing positions that reflect the passion for people and business. You know, Bill likes to say, hey, thanks to the internet and a headset, I can work with clients anywhere, anytime to help them grow their business by design and not accident. And with that, Bill, I'm delighted to introduce you to our audience. Pleased Uh, to be here, Tom. Oh, great. Uh, And I, I can witness that Bill has helped me uh, in my profession, it meets so many people that have become part of my network and helped me out. So I'm telling you that I've used Bill's services and uh, you're going to learn a lot today. I'm very excited about today. But Bill, you talk about all the time, uh, three goals of your coaching program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the, um, you know, I mean, you sort of alluded to it in the uh, introduction there. You know, we we talk about uh, getting to see more and better people, which I usually call the quantity and quality issues. And then if you're seeing more and better people at the front end of the process of developing a clientele, uh, you've also got to make sure that you follow up with them because people have what you and I know is to be a, a lifetime of value. And if you focus on more doing of a, a transactional approach to your practice, you may not think the follow-up is important, but if you look at a relationship-building approach, then you realize there is a lifetime of value out there. And keeping top of mind and um, staying in touch and building a preference for your brand is oftentimes what keeps you in a in a better loop with people and makes you more profitable over time. Because you're seeing people who've come to know, like, and trust you, 
the issues of who you are and what you do is already behind them. They see you as a preferred provider. And the only question is, uh, so what can you do for me today, Tom? And, and that's where it gets easier and more efficient if you follow up. So we work on the front end, getting more and better people to talk to, uh, processing those people, and then retaining those people over time with a follow-up program to keep in touch, stay in mind, and build a preference for the brand. Well, when you say see better people, better than what? <laughs> Good question. Um, I guess the way I, I, you know, better is always a relative term, right? Better than, than what? I, what I find with a lot of people who are in, um, you know, a service practice like, you know, a, a accountants, attorneys, financial advisors is that if they're not careful in who they're looking for, they get a lot of people they're not looking for. So it becomes a matter of picking the uh, the needle out of the haystack. And maybe it's not quite that bad, but, you know, there's a lot of people that in the given, let's say you have a hundred people that you're going to talk to in the next, you know, umpty ump weeks or, or months um, that are new potential opportunities. Some of them are going to be better qualified to appreciate value and understand and be able to afford what you can do. And others are going to be maybe not quite so high in all those four factors. So when you are mindful as to who is a really qualified individual and you develop systems and use them to meet those kinds of people, then you tend to start seeing better people relative to the others who either don't understand you, don't value what you do, don't want what you do, or simply can't afford the kind of programs that you run your clients. Well, okay. So what's the best way for someone to see better people? Well, one of the things that I'd recommend is being very, very clear on building a profile of the kind of person you want to meet. And you and I have gone through this, uh, you know, before too. And, and I, do, I don't want to get into what some people call the marketing avatar and all the other um, sophisticated ways of thinking about a market or an ideal client, which marketers, and I've been one myself for many years with duct tape marketing, uh, that's not the kind of level I'm trying to get into. I'm talking about helping people who know people that you'd like to have know you, know if they have the kind of person that they can introduce you to. So we keep it simple. We, we use an acronym called CVS, uh, like the drugstore brand. Only ours stands for uh, common, uh, visible, and situational specific uh, characteristics. So for example, um, one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I always, I, this is a great story, but one of my first clients was a financial advisor who lived on Long Island Sound. And um, when we first started working together, you know, I, I gave him the idea that he ought to have four characteristics he could share with people and, and sort of reflect the kind of person who correlates highly with the kind of people he's done well with in the past and he'd like to get more of in the future. So we came up with, um, you know, anybody who has a nanny for their kids? Uh, do you know anybody whose kids go to private school? Uh, do you know anybody who uh, tends to commute to New York City because he was down in the, the Gold Coast in the um, Southport area? And um, I think the last one was, do you know anybody whose second car is a Lexus? The other car. Oh, okay. So either any of those characteristics, people would have to say, yes, I know somebody like that or no, I don't. Uh, but they, if he got a hit, somebody said, well, yeah, I do, then that was a person of interest to him because they probably could understand value, desire, and afford the kind of services he wanted to offer. And that was working out well for him. And then one day I get a call from him and he goes, Bill, 
I'm giving it all up. I'm going for one characteristic. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, that's kind of all your eggs in one basket, dude. That's not a smart, smart idea most of the time. He said, no, no, I'm just asking people, do you know anybody who, who own a big boat, 42 foot or bigger, that they keep at a marina on Long Island Sound? Mm. I said, really? Why are you doing that? He said, well, I, I was out last weekend. A buddy of mine has a nice boat like that. And all the boaters are hardy, hardy types. We had a great time. And I've got my appointment book booked up for the next two weeks. And it looks like I'm getting a lot more assets under management than I ever thought possible in so short a time. And he said, besides that, they're my kind of people. I'm thinking about buying a big ass boat, you know, okay, (laughs) well, there you go. So (laughs) he found a characteristic that he could share with people. uh, That's not a very sophisticated avatar or anything like that, but it was, you know, anybody who owns a big boat, they keep at a marina on Long Island Sound. If somebody said, yes, I do. He then learns how to get an introduction to that person and under very favorable conditions, be like saying, hey, Tom, I don't suppose you'd introduce me that. Oh, sure. I'd be happy to. And the next thing you know, he's telling them who he is and what he does and asking if he can be of any service to them. And sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they say no. Sometimes they say uh, maybe at some point in the future. And then that's where the cultivation comes in, because now he's at least fishing in the right part of the pond. Right. So now he knows, OK, sooner or later, you're going to have a need to know somebody who does what I do. And I want you to think of me first and foremost. And so that's where building this share of mind that we talk about in cultivation or nurturing campaigns really becomes super important. And I'm not talking about marketing to promote a service or a program of the week. I'm talking about doing things that make you become a person of interest and value to someone so that all things being equal, if you're up against your competitors and they all have AICPA after their name or they're all members of the bar, et cetera, you've got an unfair competitive advantage because they happen to like you, which goes back to that famous old no like and trust adage that um, Mark McCormick, uh, who wrote the book, uh, What They Don't Teach You in Harvard Business School, first came up with back in the 80s. And John Jansch with duct tape marketing kind of uh, purloined and took off with that. And I have my version of it, which is uh, raising awareness of you, preference for you, and confidence in you that if somebody believes they need you, they will get what they want from you. And if they refer you to someone or someone to you, uh, they won't have to, you know, do damage control because you dropped the ball on their on their relationship. And so that's where the whole process kind of comes full circle. But it's it's not rocket surgery, but it does need to be planned. And you don't want to do it by accident or erratically and sporadically, because then you get results equivalent to the way you put the input. You know, I, I just before this uh, interview, I had a call from a, a broker who uh, was telling me I'm I have four or five business owners that I want to work with, but they're not calling me back. And I said, well, they're not calling you back because you you haven't filtered them as being ideal uh, profile for yourself. You don't have anything in common. And it's so true. And again, because you and I have been around such a long time, we could look back because we made the same mistakes. You know, we're talking to the wrong people and there's no reason why they're going to call us. There's no interest. So, you know, having the that definition of who you want to speak to is so important. So here's the question on the follow-up, because I think this is a uh, this is where 90% of the, the field people uh, and advisors fall down. Why is it why is following up so essential to earning more money? 
Oh, well, uh, I guess I'm going to say today it's probably more of a challenge than it's ever been, but it's always been a challenge to, you know, with all the things going on in our life. Um, I think years ago, they used to say we get between three and 5,000 advertising messages a day. So there's a lot of, uh, a, a lot of uh, challenge to, to give the bandwidth limited as we all have to whatever messaging comes along. And if you're not staying front and center, if you're not staying in a relevant way, in a valuable way, um, you know, people move on. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, oh, what was the, what was the name of that guy? You know, the guy down at, um, oh, he did the, that exit planning thing. What was his name? Anybody remember, remember that guy? He was a nice guy. Well, you're a nice guy. Yeah, but what was his name? Nobody remembers. And so you've got to find a way to stay. I like to say, how do I stay in your mind without getting in your face? Because if you go too much in the wrong direction, you can trip the wire and, you know, become persona non grata. Uh, but if you're staying relevant to somebody, if you're staying valuable to somebody, if you're looking to look out for their interest and they get to realize you're an ally and not just another person trying to sell them something, you get a little extra consideration. And sometimes that's all you need to have. You know, that old story about the guys in the woods that, you know, walking along and they see the bear cub. One of them says, oh, bear cub, isn't that cute? And the other goes, dude, it's not, no, it's not good. Bear cubs, mama bears, they like go together. I don't know where she is, but let's get the hell out of here. And he starts to go to run and all of a sudden, mama bear, he sees him across the meadow, drops down on all fours and she's chasing after him. And one guy says, oh, hang on a second. And he takes off this, shoes he starts putting on his sneakers and the other guy says you're an idiot you're not gonna outrun that bear he says no you're the idiot i'm gonna outrun you <laughs> it's that it's that little competitive edge you don't need always that much to get out in front and then let the guy behind you get his ass you know bit so to speak um and that's what that's the way it is with cultivation if you can stay front and center without wearing out your welcome and by adding value people look forward to it i mean you know when i see something come in from tom perone I generally go, oh, I wonder what this is going to be all about. I don't go, oh, God, Tom Perone again. Oh, my God. The guy never gives up. No, because you're bringing me value. You're bringing me introductions. You're, 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 you're adding to my life value when you do things. So I, I've now come to learn, you've trained me well, that when I see Tom Perone pop up, I'm going to realize this is like, you know, getting a little Christmas present early. And if you learn how to do that with the people who are the people that have a lifetime of value, who have yet to finish that off and are going to be buying what you're selling or delivering, uh, you're going to be the person they're going to think of first and foremost. And that person gets a lion's share of the marketplace out there. So it's not terribly hard to do, but it does have to be done by design or a plan. You know, you need to, you need to orchestrate it and not let it happen and hope it happens. You have to make sure it happens. And that's where a very simple plan can come into place. Well, that's, you know, Bill, uh, what you've done in your practice to make that available to your clients who, you know, never had that uh, technology to use because it is needed. Your stuff is beyond great. It is one way of staying very nicely in front of people in a nice way. uh, And it's very effective. We've seen it work uh, time and time again. And, um, and it's, I'm sure if people have uh, some questions, that's one thing you might want to bring up to them, what you offer in that area with your services. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, um, uh, I got a call from a, a broker the other day, uh, along with his um, CPA who was on the call with us when we were talking about something. And they, uh, they mentioned um, – 
how their year has been a yo-yo earnings year. And that was a question that I started thinking about. I said, well, how does someone avoid that yo-yo earning year? And you talk about this quite a bit. Can you expound on that a bit? Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a kind of a quick treatment. Um, you know, we have a, and a, this is where the, the whole cultivation program comes in. Um, if you're keeping in touch and staying in mind with people, then it means that you schedule periodic reconnects or retouches, if you will. And um, not always with the idea that you're going to be selling something, but invariably, if you're, you know, you know, you know, I like to say, um, what is the thing about uh, familiarity does not breed contempt. Oftentimes it breeds opportunities that you'd never otherwise come across. It's the old, you know, moment on the Columbo phone call where they go, oh, uh, by the way, Tom, cursed me uh, since you're on the phone. I got a question for you. Do you know how to? And before you know it, you're going, oh, I can't help you with that. But hey, if I knew somebody who uh, does that, would that be a person of interest to you? Cause, and now you're acting as my vetting agent and my source agent to find me someone who can do something I don't know how to do. You know, like, I've had people say, you know, obviously I don't put in swimming pools, but uh, oh, hey, by the way, Bill, before we get up, I got a question for you. Um, you don't know anybody who puts in swimming pools, do you? And I'll go, well, not. I may or may not, but why do you ask? And they'll tell, well, we're thinking about putting in a pool and, you know, COVID and the kids and all that kind of stuff. We want to stay closer to home. We're not taking a big vacation. We figure we'd throw the money into a pool and maybe, you know, whatever, add value to the house. Let me get back to you. And that's that's an opportunity to be of service. See, now that we call that a Kitsum Phil call, a keep in touch, stay in mind, fall, make people fall in love with your call. And you do this once every three months, four times a year. And again, that's a schedule you have to put it in the calendar or your assistant takes care of making sure you know who to contact that month for that reason. And when you call up, you simply say two things. There's two questions you want to get an answer to. Hey, Tom, Bill, how you doing? No, seriously, how are you doing? You're doing okay? The family, everything, the business, everything good? It's not about me. It's about you. And so that's important. And, and that, again, demonstrates that you're my priority. And then the second thing is, uh, is there anything that you're dealing with in your life, you know, something you're challenged by and you haven't quite figured out the answer to or gotten the solution you want for that maybe I or someone I know could be of help and service to you. And and that's, again, it may not be me. It may not be something I offer. But if I'm party to your party and you go, hey, Bill, thanks for introducing me to so-and-so at ABC Pools, um, they were really, really nice. And they said, because, uh, you know, it was a referral from you. Um I got a special package I threw in a pool thing, you know, it was really kind of nice and I appreciate that. And I go, you know, all things being equal, you can get what I do from anybody in my field, but you can't get my network of must know go-to experts, can you? No, that's right. So that's another reason that we want to stay in touch because there's value for them to be a client of yours. And, and again, this goes back to building a network of people who can do things that are complementary to you but serve the same interests and issues that your audience of interest uh, will have sooner or later. And you acting as the vetting agent, I've come to realize how powerful that is because people say, you know, in the old days, right, when you used to have the yellow pages, I mean, you'd have all the listing of all the people in a certain category, but you wouldn't know who was good, who was not, who to stay right. away from, et cetera. But if I go, look, I, I've gotten to no love and trust you, Tom. And Tom, it, it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, I had a doctor's meeting this morning and, uh, you know, I said, uh, well, let me ask you a question. You know, is this the, is this what you would recommend to your own family member? And the doc said, yes. And I said, good enough for me. I've come to know, like, and trust my doctor. And, 
even though it was a bit of an extreme kind of an idea, I said, well, if you think it's the thing you would do for your own blood and kin, then uh, I'll, I'll accept that. So we, we need to have those people that we know that do various things that we can offer to extend the value umbrella that we offer to our clients. So they don't just get you and what you do, but they get you and the whole network of people you vetted on behalf of people who are smart enough to work with you. And again, that's another differentiator that all things being equal means it ain't equal anymore. You've got a decided edge in your behalf. So that's one thing. Um, I think another thing is just sending out a uh, every other month uh, a thinking of you email. And this is so simple. You can give this to an assistant. Find out three or four areas of interest that a client or a prospect has or a strategic alliance. And, um, and just send them a little link uh, email. And it's as simple as this. Hey, Tom, uh, saw this in bone fishing today. Thought of you. Thought you'd enjoy it. Bill, that's all it takes. And if the person's interest is bone fishing in the Florida Keys, um, doesn't take much these days with the internet to go out and find an article, grab a link, and just send it along. Now, that isn't promoting me, but it's promoting our relationship. It's saying, hey, this is important to you, dude. Therefore, it is important to me. Now, when the time comes that we have to talk about what I do, who's going to have the decided upper hand because of all the things I've been doing in between the last time and the next time we get to do business together? So that's another step. And a, and a third thing I would suggest is some kind of a personal insight, which people buy people's values more than they buy anything else. You know, it's like all things being equal. I, I align myself with people whose values line up with mine or things that I put importance to. So sharing insights about yourself. Uh, you know, maybe you took a trip and maybe you learned a little something about another culture and, you know, there's a point that you're trying to make out of it. It doesn't have to be long, but it can be a, another insight, another pulling away of the onion skin to show who you really are. And if people resonate with who you are and feel that guy is like me, guess what? All things being equal, it ain't equal anymore. So there's a lot of ways to create the little uh, avoidance of becoming bear food. And you just have to plan to make it happen at the right time for the right reasons with the right tools. And that's what a cultivation plan is really all about. And in some ways, if you do that, then that takes care of your prospecting problem, because after a while, you will come into contact with the same people again and again on favorable terms and for reasons that they feel are important to them. And the opportunities for need to know will pop up periodically. And so will you. And there you go. They go off to happy land. You go off to bank land. I mean, it works out for everybody. Well, you know, we, because of your influence, we do that all the time. And over time, these people become your friends and you get to know them um, much deeper than um, someone who you, mm -hmm. much faster too. And uh, Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah. And they call you and, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself, uh, uh, you get rid of the turkeys and you're flying with the eagles because they're like-minded and they get you. So it's a really good thing. Now, how often do you recommend following up and can you overdo it, Bill? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to suggest that at a minimum, you should do some kind of a touch at least once a month, Okay. sometimes two, but, but once a month is fine. I mean, if you think about your competition and how often do they follow up, you're already ahead of the game, but can you overdo it? That's a good point. I think you can overdo it if you're not providing value and relevance. If it, you know, this is a, you know, I, in some ways I hate, you know, these guideline rules because, you know, it's like, you know, with one foot in ice water and one foot in boiling water on the average, you should be pretty comfortable. So it's a statistical abstract, you know, it's, but here's what I do think makes sense. 
about out of every 10 touches, eight of the touches should be about the person who's getting the contact from you. It should be of their interest, a, a value for them, an item of interest, a, an email link to an article that they find of use, uh, a checkup just to make sure that they're okay and if there's anything you can do to help them, et cetera. And two out of 10 times probably could be a little, oh, by the way, don't know if you know, but we've also been doing a new program. We have an upcoming workshop. Whatever it is, you can certainly put your piece of the puzzle in there, uh, but you don't want to do that uh, too, too much or you will wear out your welcome. But about beyond that, I think you're pretty much a pretty safe shape. You know, this morning, uh, actually yesterday, I was talking to my very close friend who's a very good attorney and a senior partner. And he said to me, and he's my age, so he's up there. He mm-hmm. said, uh, they don't do uh, they don't do like we did, Tom, where we belong to the Rotary and we did this in Kiwanis. The younger professionals in my office do not bring in business. We end up as partners giving it out because we have so many relationships. Mm. And I'm seeing this across the board, both in the accounting field and in the law field, where the younger people coming in do not know how to build relationships or what it takes. And um, I I want you to talk about that, about online networking versus face-to-face, what might be better, but also to bring back this, uh, this methodology of creating relationships with the eagles and not the turkeys. Well, you know, I think you, yeah, you hit on a really good one because especially today, whether it's, you know, COVID related, and I don't think that's um, for good or bad. I don't think that's as uh, scaring uh, of, of people's behavior to be more conservative. I think, you know, around my neighborhood, I look around and I see parents and kids coming home from college, going off and having beer pong parties in the front yard. Um, you know, so the idea of, of connection is, is not as onerous as I think it was. And I hope it will become less so as we you know, find ways to deal with all these challenges. But nonetheless, I will say this, the best place for a professional, especially a young professional who wants to grow a practice and build a clientele and a following is going to be, let's face it, LinkedIn. Uh, you know, there's a, you know, they always say you want to go to where your people are going. And if you look at who most of the people are that are um, in fields where a young professional is going to find them, I mean, they will certainly find social media like Facebook to be a place. But the players, the business owners, if that's your, your focus, it's definitely going to be finding those kinds of people or executives um, through LinkedIn. And I'll tell you, there's, there's one very simple strategy that um, you know, we, we do recommend, and that is to have a very simple way of um, identifying uh, the kind of people who, you know, you can create a model. Here's where a model or an avatar does come in handier. Um, you create a model of uh, characteristics that is a profile that would identify the kind of person you want to reach. Maybe it's someone who is uh, title is uh, C-level or it's owner, principal, you know, manager, whatever title is relevant. You can go by industries, you can go by geography. Although today, a lot of people are working with people, you know, I've got clients all around the world. So and I found them all through LinkedIn. Um, but once you have that profile, then you want to sort of um, do a little listening and see what kinds of things they're posting about. So you can make an intelligent um, and coherent way to make an initial approach to them. So, you know, I really enjoyed the article you posted on or 
the share you 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 gave out last week. Uh, I saw your comments about it, or I'm glad you shared it. I found three things of value and interest to it. Hey, by the way, would you like to connect? You know, instead of the the the, the mindless, hey, I saw you. You know, we want to connect. It's like that's where too many people get connected and nothing ever happens. But once you make that connection and they respond, and most of the time, surprise, surprise, they really do. They do appreciate your acknowledging that they did something. Then, uh, you know, you want to wait about a week. Uh, obviously, you want to send them a thanks for connecting. Appreciate that. And then wait about a week. And about a week later, you want to send them something with um, an offer to give them an item of value relevant to who they are and what they do. So you might say, if somebody's, let's say, in the accounting world, um, well, by the way, I just came across an interesting article uh, from Accenture uh, that talks about the three things that are troubling most uh, C-level executives today. Um, would that be of interest to you? If, ha if you wish, I'll be happy to share the link with you. And don't share the link. You want to send them a PDF, but it's it's make the offer. Don't automatically send it. But it's saying to that person, hey, I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about you. And I know based upon who you are and what you do, that this may be of interest. Would you like to see it? Uh, so that's the, the, the next move. And then about a week later, you can do that again. And then you say, um, you know, I've really enjoyed uh, our exchanges back and forth. Uh, would you like to have a, a quick chat offline? I'd like to get to know a little more about you, your practice, your business, whatever. Um, you know, and we'll see where it goes from there. And I'm finding, you know, if done properly and done respectfully, you're looking at a pretty high level of conversions of people who you approach with that invitation to talk offline, get it off of LinkedIn, get it into a real life, you know, do a Zoom call or phone call or whatever. And that's where you can really start to get people to know, love, and trust you. And that process begins. You nurture it. You cultivate it. Before you know it, they and their friends or their associates become part of the process of who you're going to be doing business with. So that's a very simple, easy way to go about doing something online. Definitely with LinkedIn and have a game plan for doing it. And there's more to it than that. But that's that's at least a basic starting point. I know um, I know in your coaching program, that's one of the things that you really help people with. Um, and, uh, you know, and again, LinkedIn is the modern way of introducing yourself, but you got to do it the right way. You've been very successful doing that because I've been, I've been the end user of your introduction. So, and I've made the beneficiary, so yes. Yeah, the beneficiary. That's what I am, you know. Hey, Bill. Um, and again, I, I, I brought that up because, again, in the law and accounting field, uh, these younger people don't know how to really do it the right way, and they need some help because these partners are going to be retiring, and uh, that becomes a problem, and that becomes problematic down the road. Now, mm -hmm. Bill, how is your coaching program different or better than others? Um. Well, you know, I don't do too much uh, alternative competitive checking. Uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll say a couple of things that I think are unique. I mean, I will, um, I'm pretty scrutinizing on who I do the selection, who gets in, uh, because I also offer a you 100%, you must be happy and satisfied or your money back guarantee. And, and the reason I do that is because if I can't deliver a meaningful, measurable outcome, uh, and, and you know what it is. It's, you're going to be generating 15 or more preferred introductions a month after month after month, uh, before too long. And, and that normally takes, uh, I'm going to say three months. But, um, if we're not doing that at the end of three months, um, I'll work with you one on one because normally we do it in a group. 
um, for uh, three more months. And if at the end of six months, you're still not hitting that number, you get all your money back. I don't, I don't need the bad will. And, and for whatever reason, I, I sucked at selecting who should have been in the program. So it's my fault, not yours. But if you do the work and, and, you, and you do the assignments and you have me hold your hand and kick your butt through the goalpost of success, uh, we're in pretty good shape. And so far, knock on wood, I haven't had to refund anybody's money. But at the same time, um, I put it out there because I believe in being accountable to my clients. And so, you know, people will say, well, you know, give your money, give me your money and then trust me, you'll have a great time. No, I'm telling you, here's the measure by which you can judge whether or not you had a good time and a good ROI in your investment. And, um, you know, once you get that skill down, it lasts for your career. And if you put it into a couple of associates, it benefits the whole practice or firm. And uh, my feeling is I want to mitigate the risk of getting into it to try it and see how you like it. And if for some reason it doesn't work out, then, you know, fine and dandy. Uh, the other thing that I'd say is that we have online, uh, you know, video and that sort of thing. But I also couple that with live uh, coaching calls so that uh, what we try to do is make sure you have the information to uh, to work with. But then we fine tune it, refine it and answer deals and questions that people have on how does this apply to me in my practice. So you're getting kind of the best of all where you're getting on the line on demand, you know, your convenience material, but you're also getting coaching calls with me where we really fine tune the information to adapt it to your situation. I'd say those are the two main factors and um, that and the guarantee. And there you go. And, you know, uh, again, going through your course, uh, what I found was um, you broke up that old methodology of uh, if the person didn't fit what you were looking for right away, then you throw them aside. And you made it in your program, made it so easy to to build relationships where they became very natural to your personality. <laughs> and quite frankly, all of a sudden you find yourself with all these wonderful people that know you and they really do like you and they do want to help you. So, um, you know, again, I'm a guy that's gone through this program and I, I have to tell you what Bill is telling you is, is very, very correct. And, um, so, yes, so I totally understand why it, your program is very different. And, Guy, I'm a guy 50 years in practice. I must have taken every coaching program out there. So, um, anyways, Bill, what's the bee among the flowers story I hear about? Oh, uh, all right, I'll make this one quick. But when I grew up, uh, my mother was in real estate and um, uh, pretty successful at it, too, I might add. Uh and one time I asked her when I was kind of young, I said, Ma, how do you, how do you get your clients? You know, where, do you, where does all these people come from? And um, she said, well, you know how we throw a party every, she did pretty much every week. She had a party and we used to have these beautiful homes in um, the West End of Hartford. So they were big enough to have, you know, 50, 60, 70 more people at a party and, and not be crowded. It was very nice. And, and I didn't know any better. I, you know, I'm not Jewish, but I thought I was because we were having like a bar mitzvah party every week, it seemed, <laughs> you know. So later I found out I wasn't Jewish, but that's it. Anyway, um, so she says, you know, when, when people come in and they go, oh, Tom Perron's here. And my mom would grab you and, you know, put your coat down and drag you over to some people. And then she'd say, everybody, this is Tom. Remember I was telling you about Tom? He's, he's here. He's here now. And, you know, you're like, what? what the hell's going on? And then she'd say, you know, this is Tom and Mary and Alice and George and, 
uh, the bar's over there, the, the, the food's over there, uh, you're on your own. Uh, but when you guys get through with Tom, you, you introduce him to another group, okay? And of course, she trained everybody how it worked. And they would. And you'd, you'd be whisked around the whole party that night and you'd get to meet a lot of people. And then my mother said, you know, the next week, um, you know how I call people up on, on Mondays? Yeah. Well, I'm asking them, how did it go? Did you meet everybody you wanted to, Tom? Did, was there anybody you didn't get to meet you wanted to meet? Anything I could do to set up a coffee meeting for you with them? And my mom was like a little matchmaker. And she said, so at some point, uh, you know, I was the linchpin to the whole program. And she said, whenever they or somebody needed to know, uh, needed to find somebody, they'd come see me. So uh, she said, here's the bottom line. And this is where the B comes in. She said, you know, I think of my, my the people in my life is like flowers in my garden, really. And I was, you know, always Billy, right? Even until 91, she was still calling me Billy. And she said, and I'm the busy bee. And I fly amongst them all. And I bring value between the two and between the many. And so I'm in the middle of it all. And I'm the one who makes it happen. And then she said, remember something, Billy. The bee with the most pollen on her ass usually has the most bucks in the bank. Don't ever forget it. <laughs> and I haven't. But that's where that whole concept of being a connector comes from. So if you're in the center of what matters to people, you know, you know, somebody else put it well. I liked uh, this one. They said, that, you know, if you put butts in the seat, stars on the stage, you can take tickets at the door. And in a way, that's kind of what it is. If you're putting parties together and making their lives better because you're in the middle of it all, sooner or later, what you do is something they will need and they will tell others about. And you will find yourself with more and more people going, knock, knock, knock. Hi, you don't know me, but I was talking to so-and-so and they said I should give you a call. And that's when your practice starts to really get better and better and easier and easier. But you got to start someplace. And, you know, the sooner you start, the sooner you start to get to that level. And but she, that's what the story with the she, was all about. And she must have had a ball because of her personality doing this. Uh, oh, she, she definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me on that one. Bill, um, what are the four keys to generating steady flow of opportunities? You mentioned that to me. So, yeah, well, uh, yeah. All right. So, so we, we talked about one of them. One, the first one is you've got to have uh, sort of an ideal uh, uh, profile of the kind of person you want to meet, you know, because you're going to be leveraging other people's networks of influence and you've got to be able to tell them, hey, who in your network looks like this or has, you know, a big boat that they keep at a marina on the, uh, you know, Long Island Sound. So you've got to have a, a profile of who you want to meet. Then you need to figure out, okay, who are the people that I know that could lead me to those people? And we, we have, you know, really two categories. One is a source, which is somebody who is uh, first and foremost a raving fan of yours. And by the way, I'm going to suggest this to, to people who've, you know, been, you know, hearing, you know, we realize you, you ought to be doing more referrals. Referrals are a real tough nut. I actually tell people, don't ask, don't ever ask for referrals. You know, and you can feel the air go, oh, thank God. And, and the reason is because, well, if you, if it's a great concept, it's a good strategy in general, but it's applied terribly. So, you know, if you come up to somebody who doesn't already know, love, and trust you, they're not a raving fan, you know, there's, why should I put my relationship at, at risk for you to benefit? I, what's in it for me? Whereas if they want to help you, that's a whole different story. So, you know, a, a source is somebody who is a raving fan. Um, they're willing to help you. Uh, they may know the kind of people who could help you. And they're willing to make introductions uh, if you ask them to do so. And then you also want to think about um, 
partners and partners are people who are also in a business uh, so they understand how business works. They appreciate introductions and, and referrals to as much as anybody. Um, but they're also the kind of people who are in a complementary, non-competitive field, offering a complementary product or service. And um, they're still hungry. They still want to do things to build their practice so they have a motivation to work with you. And those are the people you go to and say, in effect, who do you know who matches one or more of the characteristics in my profile? You know, who do you know who has a, I got a guy who does lawns, right? He says, you know, anybody who's got, you know, over two acres of land, that, that's his characteristic. He's, he's like, Hey, if you got a big lawn, I got a big opportunity. <laughs> he goes, but I don't want to talk to somebody who's, you know, got a small lawn. It doesn't make sense for my crew to go out there, but if you got a big lawn, there's going to be landscaping. There's all kinds of other issues he can get into. And that's what he's looking for. So you got to have your you got to have your profile. And then you got to have the, the right sources of people who qualify to be the people you should go and approach. Then you got to have a way to approach them, which is a, a very simple way of getting an introduction, approaching the introduction. And uh, we talk about playing red light, green light, uh, yellow light. You know, sometimes it's over before it gets started. You know, you contact somebody and say, "Oh, hey Tom, hey, by the way, did you know I've been uh, I've been with New York Life for you know <laughs> forty years." Uh, Guess what? Hey, have a nice day. Thank you very much. You're out of there. It's not going to go anywhere, right? Yeah. And in some cases, they say, oh, my God, I can't believe you just called. Oh, we were just talking about talking to finding somebody like you, and now you're coming from Tampa Road. Oh, my, this is amazing. And you're like, uh, I'm free next Thursday. What are, you, what are you looking at in the afternoon? And then sometimes they'll say, well, you know, that sounds really interesting, but I don't really have a need for that right now. I go, you know what? I put on a seatbelt because if you said you needed me today, I fall off and I hurt myself. I didn't expect that you would. But let me ask you a dumb question. If you or someone you know ever had a need to know, someone who does what I do, do you have a relationship with someone you'd call? If they say, well, no, not really. I say, how do I apply for the job of being in the position to be thought of when the time comes? Can I earn the right to be the person you think of first and foremost when that time? And this is where your cultivation plan comes in. And you tell them, I don't want to, I don't want to face, but I want to stay in your mind. Here's what I do with other people. Would that make sense to you? And they'll usually say, well, yeah, that makes sense. I say, fine. And now we're going to start keeping in touch with them. Once every quarter, we're going to give them a call. We're going to send them a thinking of you email. We're going to find out things that they're interested in, et cetera. We're going to become a person of interest to them so that when the time comes, and it will, if they're the right kind of people, right, they fit the profile of the people who look like the kind of people who can best understand, value, desire, and afford what I do. They're going to have a need to know and they're going to have a place to go. It's going to be me or you or whoever the client is, right? So that's how, how that piece comes in. And then the last piece of the puzzle, so we got the profile, we got the source, we got the methodology, is you then want to say, okay, how do we plan to make sure this all happens? And not by random acts of, uh, you know, thoughtfulness, but by intentional design. Even if I'm asleep, it's going to happen. Because if you systematize this, and that's really what a plan is, you can delegate it. And now you can have people doing the right thing at the right time to make sure you're at the right place at the right time. And that's when you cultivate and convert the opportunities you've been planning to have, as opposed to hoping you'd have and wondering where they went to when you didn't get them. So the plan is the last piece. And those are the four elements that really constitute a game plan for building a successful practice. You know, uh, knowing your whole program where it all comes together. Um, it's very unique. And I, I really would tell any listener that wants to increase their productivity and do it 
you know, in a way that they really enjoy having fun doing it and, and uh, creating real quality introductions that you talked to Bill about his program. And uh, Bill, I know you offer special reports and uh, different material for people to uh, look at and review you. Um, how would people get in touch with you if they wanted more information? Uh, probably the easiest thing is just uh, go to the website, which is um, getnewclients, plural, now.com. Um, and when you go there, you'll, you'll see, uh, on the homepage, a couple of buttons, but, um, there'll be scheduled, uh, an appointment and you can just, uh, you know, it's a Calendly thing. So you can just pick a daytime convenient to you and we'll have what I call a sniff test phone call, you know, 10 minutes or so at the end of which time, um, you'll either figure out we have reason to talk further, in which case we can schedule another call at a more convenient leisurely time. Or you haven't wasted too much time to figure out, yeah, for whatever reason, Dora's not the guy for me, and that's okay too. Uh, that that makes it easier for all of us. Uh, so just go to getnewclientsnow.com. Uh, I think it's towards the bottom of the page. You'll find a button that says schedule an appointment, and uh, we'll we'll have a sniff test call. By the way, a sniff test is uh, what I used to call the interviews when I was teaching selection to uh, managers years ago. I say, you know, that's where you know you either decide to get into a dogfight. You say, hey, you're a pretty good guy. Let's go knock off some garbage cans together, you know? <laughs> so we don't know which way it's going to go, but you got to make the call to find out. And I'm always happy to take your call. No obligation. Nobody's going to ask you to buy or sell anything. Um, and if there's another call, it's your call, not mine. Uh, and and one thing I've learned about knowing Bill Doerr is he's got the greatest cliches I've ever heard in my life. And <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Hey, Bill, uh, you know, I've always enjoyed working with you and doing things with you. And the quality of what you give is amazing. And I would just encourage listeners who need to know more about Bill, give him a call. You'll enjoy the conversation. You'll get some good laughs out of it. But you'll learn an awful lot. So, Bill, I want to thank you uh, for taking so much time with us today. It's been a pleasure. And is there anything you'd like to add before we sign off here? Uh, nothing other than thank you for this opportunity. It's been a privilege and honor and, and always a pleasure to be spending time with you. And anyone who thinks highly of you is somebody I would think highly of as well. And I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank the listeners for joining. And uh, again, look for our episodes. And if you like the episode, please subscribe. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at Inc. Dot com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.